Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally, voidware prohibited, must be 18 or older to enter, no purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Hey there, and welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Joy Rios, and on this show, we'd like to talk about how complicated the healthcare system is. And with each of our guests, would they get to share a piece of the, their puzzle of the big picture and kind of teach me and our listeners their lessons learned and expertise. So Kelly, thank you for joining me today. Could you please take a moment to introduce yourself? Thank you, Joy, for having me. I'm Kelly Affman. I am a senior director of medical affairs at Informed DNA, a genomic services and products company. And I myself am a clinical genetic counselor by training, but I've worked at Informed DNA for the past, gosh, now eight plus years doing kind of an industry role, if you will, in genetic counseling. You must love what you do. And tell me about what a genetics counselor does. Like that sounds like a very interesting job. You know what? It is. It is the intersection, the beautiful intersection, I like to say, of psychology and biology converging uh, to help people in healthcare. And so when I found this career, it really was something that was very new to me, but also kind of a nascent field. <laughs> but it has since grown in the you know 10 plus years that I've been a genetic counselor into a field that is really diverse, reaching a ton of different people with genetic information. And so as a clinical genetic counselor, um, I would work with patients in a pediatric setting or oncology setting, reproductive setting, to help them understand more about genetic testing and the benefits and limitations of it for them and counsel them through that process. What are some of the conversations like... Give me an example of a conversation you might have with somebody at any age, or I mean, I'm sure that there is a variety, but let's just pick randomly. Absolutely. Well, I used to work with families going through newborn screening and having a positive screen. And so that's an example of, you know, very, very early in life, you know, you go through newborn screening and there's what they call a positive result where it comes back, you know, showing that there could be a concern, you know, for a particular genetic condition. Um, You might see a genetic counselor as part of that metabolic clinic to understand what type of testing you need to do to confirm or investigate you know, what that initial screening result had offered and walk those parents, those very new parents, you know, through that process, having them understand, you know, the information and, and the testing plan and the results, you know, when that comes back. So it can be really powerful. How might that change somebody's journey, having that kind of information versus not having it, right? Is it behavioral change? It's a, all kinds, I'm sure it runs the gamut, but... Tell me. In the metabolic clinic, as I worked uh, mostly when I was in pre, pre, uh, 
Mark will be patient with you now. <laughs> in a metabolic clinic, I, when I worked in a pediatric setting, it can be the matter of life and death. It can be the matter of offering, you know, a medical food or, you know, treatments for kids at a very, very early stage, you know, in their life that can ensure that they have what they need so that their you know, body and mind can function as it should. Wow. How many patients do you get to talk to each day? When I was a clinical genetic counselor, it could run the gamut. <laughs> I would say about each week, I might meet 30 to 40 different types of families in different settings to discuss all the things when it comes to, to how clinical uh, genomics intersects, you know, with their health and, and care. with that amount of information, I mean, are, do you serve as like a guide to tell them, okay, where do you go from here? Very much so. In a results session, you know, when you're disclosing the information about you know, the particular results of the test you know, that was performed, you really are working with that family to understand, you know, their understanding, but also help them develop that next step. You know, which providers might they need to connect with that they haven't thus far, you know, for themselves or their children, you know, depending on who in the family has been tested. Also, who in the family, you know, might benefit from knowing this information as well, um, in addition, you know, to, to the people who are with you, you know, in that counseling session. So there are many, many, many different parts of a genetic counselor's role, but clinical guidance, I would say, is, is a really, really important part for families undergoing genetic testing. Well, I imagine it's also somewhat scary. If, you're, if somebody's showing up with a positive result for something, like, that is a little bit scary. Like, I now have something that I didn't know that I need to deal with, and it might actually be related to somebody else in my family. So you have to potentially get other people tested or communicate, is that? That can be part of it. Okay. You know, depending on what you're looking for as far as information or testing, yeah. you know, there are so many different areas of medicine where genomics now touches and where we know, you know that we have tests that can be available for people to learn more um, about their risks or about you know, the potential um, to have these conditions. And so I think it really is amazing part of healthcare, you know, and how it's been changing to be able to offer that kind of information. But you're right, you know, it can be scary and it can be overwhelming. And that's why genetic counselors specifically, it's a master's level program that specializes in both counseling as well as genetics. And so we really hope to be that bridge, you know, for many families going through that process and support, you know, them through that process. That's so valuable. So what also thinking about what that might mean for them and their engagement with the healthcare system, when we talk about coverage and insurance coverage, what does that typically look like? Is it they're going to have more access to care? They're going to have, like, how are employees, what is the, I don't exactly even know how to frame that question other than just like how, what do people typically find? Are they, is it a type of coverage that is included in generic you know, insurance? That is a great question. No, and you know, when I was a clinical genetic counselor working, you know, with patients and families, I would often be helping them understand a little bit about, you know, what coverage their insurance might offer for genetic counseling, genetic testing, you know, whichever testing plan we were trying to consider, you know, for them. Obviously, coverage is a big deal. And that's actually what brought me to the role that I had with Informed DNA. As a counselor, spending hours after clinic, you know, on the phone with insurance companies, I said, you know what? I had experience before becoming a genetic counselor, working within a payer. I know that this can work a little bit more smoothly, you know, for families and, and providers. And so Informed DNA at that point um, was working in a space, you know, starting utilization management or genomics benefits management. And I said, I want to be a part of that. I want to be helping in a greater, grander scale um, to really offer clinical guidance in genomics for policy development for health plans, um, as well as ensuring that there is someone on the other end 
reviewing the information like a clinical genetic counselor would um, to ensure that people have the, the most appropriate access you know, to testing. Do you get to inform some of the plans and what's covered? Uh, covered? Is that part of what the conversation that you get to have through, I don't know, your day-to-day somehow? When I was the director of utilization management, me and my team, we, we definitely, you know, we're having those conversations. And part of what we're doing with Informed DNA now is a new service, a new offering, a new product called Informed Genomics. And that is really offering, for the first time externally, the guidelines, the evidence-based guidelines, like a you know, genetics expert would, would want to see. You know, so we're taking that brand new evidence because you know it's changing all the time in genomics. It's ever changing, and incorporating that into you know our guidance and our our policy criteria, so that health plans can have the latest information, so that they can then take that and u- use it and utilize it for their members, you know, straight away. Are your services or this service offering is it available all around the country? Is it? State by state, region, global? That's a great question. It's actually a web-based subscription service. Okay. So health plans could contact, you know, Inform DNA and, and get a demo and be able to see how this clinical guidance resource and genomics can make a difference, you know, for what they do for their utilization management programs for genomics. So can I, did you know when you were a kid that you wanted to work in genomics? Like, how did you fall into this? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, this path in genomics didn't really exist when I was a kid. <laughs> so I wanted to be a marine biologist and, you know, went to sea camp, was like very invested. But then, you know, here came uh, genetic counseling and, and also, you know, working with, with payers. It's never anything, you know, that I, where I thought it would be when I was 10. But <laughs> what was your undergrad? Uh, psychology and biology. Okay. And then graduate. From there, you decided it was... I don't know, offered as a, as a graduate program in the yes. same school? Um, it was actually, I think it was in 13 schools across the country at that point. Okay. So it was really like a small um, you know, sector of, of schools that offered it. But I ended up going um, to the undergraduate program and a graduate program in the same school. I took a couple years off though. And that's actually where I, I got experience working you know, in, a, in a health plan setting and really understanding a little bit more about healthcare you know, from working within a health plan before becoming a genetic counselor. I love it. I really, like, more than anything, want to hear from you around different things that make you spark up, right? So are there any stories in particular of, like, lives that have been changed or something, in like, a memorable patient who you're like, you know what, with this information, it totally change the trajectory of their life. Kind of paint that picture for me. That's a great question. I I would say I'm going to talk a little bit maybe about my experience of being on the other end, like working, you know, from kind of the payer side. Please. As a utilization management, you know, genetic counselor. And, you know, in that setting, we work with providers who are requesting, you know, genetic testing for their patients and looking to see if that's something that's covered. And so oftentimes we would reach out to those providers, you know, to maybe ask questions or understand, okay, I didn't see this in the clinical records, but tell me a little bit more, you know, about this patient. And I I did have one instance where, well, one of many, but this one that kind of sticks out of my mind, where there was a, a test that was ordered and it didn't quite make, you know, sense for the clinical picture I was seeing, you know, from the records. And so I had contacted the provider, it was a non-genetics provider, and we had a discussion that they were actually really looking for a different test 
similar in name, but completely different in, in what that was going to be providing, you know, for the patient. And it was a, a great catch, you know, from that perspective. And, you know, the, the provider, you know, specialty provider said, thank you, you know, for really making sure that, you know, I have that support yeah. to order the right test so that we can get this done for the patient, you know, at the right time. And that really stuck with me because that's the difference that it makes to support providers on the other end with genomics expertise. You know, if that provider would have gone through the process, maybe maybe got an approval, let's say, you know, that patient would have had a test that would not have been impactful, would not have been meaningful for them, and they would have had to start the process over, you know, for genetic testing for the right condition. So I, I'm just thankful that there are genetic counselors that are out there, you know, doing this work and, and working with health plans to ensure that the right information is being incorporated uh, into member care. Is there ever a perfect time to get a genomics test? The time that is right for you would be what I say. <laughs> But that's probably because of my genetic counseling and yeah. training. You know, really, it's about informed decision making. We want people to understand what's available to them, when it's available to them, and making sure that they understand how a genetic test could offer them some benefits. Depending on that person and their situation and where they're at, thinking about this from a clinical perspective or, you know, a, a preparation perspective, people might say, you know what? Thank you for the information, but this time is not right for me you know, to consider genetic testing. I'll come back, you know, when I have time to think about this. You know, I would also bit. imagine that the results of a test could give you a ton of information. It's not just one answer. It's like, I don't know, thousands. How many things that you are you testing for, right? Great question, especially as we're moving from genetics to genomics, you know, thinking about whole genome sequencing. There is a lot of information that you can get you know, from those types of tests and, and really having a, a trained professional that can walk you through the nuances and the caveats, you know, can really assist in, in incorporating that into your healthcare plan. That's a nuance I'm actually really interested in. What is the difference between genetics and genomics? Great question. So genetics, you know, looking at like single gene tests, you know, that's where we were probably like 10, you know, 15 years ago, really, you know, looking at the sequence of genes. And you look at one at a time. Like one at a time or a panel of, you know, many different specific genes and their coding regions. But with genomics, you know, we're looking at, you know, whole genome sequencing is the coding regions of those genes, but also the non-coding regions and like the whole genome, you know, when you think about the DNA. It's uh, very sophisticated. It is highly sophisticated. So that's why if, if I were a person, you know, accessing whole genome sequencing, I'd want to have a person that is supportive, you know, for me and my family to walk through all the tsunami of information you can get from a whole genome test. Are there also things that you can say, you know what, I don't want to know. Are there things you can say, I don't want to know. Like, I want to know, say yes to, I don't know, certain number of tests about whatever, but no to others. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's been a lot of debate, you know, from the genomics community about what those particular types of conditions that people should maybe or, or are encouraged to know more about mm -hmm. versus others, you know, that, that people might say, no, you know, I want to I opt out, you know, on the rest of the information, but maybe these like key, you know, sets of conditions are really important to, to know about. And so, you know, again, it comes down to informed choice and informed ability to say, you know what, maybe I don't want to know about my hereditary cancer risk, but, you know, I do want to know about, you know, my chance to be a carrier for a recessive condition, you know, going into pregnancy. Right. It gets so complicated. It does. Real fast. And it has. Yeah. I would say, you know, we're getting to the point where like health plans specifically, you know, the work that I do, it's hard to do on your own. Like you really do need a genomics expert or group of experts you can go to to help decipher all of the nuances and the changes 
that are happening in, in genomics and healthcare. And is it the kind of thing that if somebody's going to get a test done, that they have to have an incident or an episode, or can they be perfectly healthy and just say, I want to go have this test? I think there are many different ways that people can approach uh, genetic testing. You know, there's the direct-to-consumer route that you were kind of talking about, maybe where you just say, I am a generally healthy individual and I just want to know, you know, this information. There's the diagnostic route where you might say, you know, I have a personal history of this condition and I want to go and, and see, is there, you know, a genetic link to that? Are there other things I need to be thinking about? You know, not just this aspect of my healthcare. Those are very different kind of ways to approach it, but I would say insurance coverage typically um, would involve the the diagnostic type okay. of testing. And does Informed DNA do any direct to consumer stuff? Is it is, does that exist? Yeah, well, it, it does exist, but but we are more of a like products and information and education uh, type of you know clinical service, and so we do not do testing in house of any kind <laughs> this time. But that is you know something where I think eventually you know kind of that population health aspect is something you know that is coming down the pike, and I would say that the whole field of genomics is is really interested in how we can get testing to more people at a po- population level. Okay, so. Considering that it's a nascent field for the most part, if somebody went wanted to go into this field of study, do you have any advice for them? What should they be on the lookout for? Oh, great question. I would say you all you have to be an active learner. You know, someone that's interested in learning new things because it's changing all the time. <laughs> I would also say, you know, be ready for that change and embrace that change. Some of the best aspects of my career that I've had thus far um, have been really when I've taken the leap to say, what can I do differently and how can I use my, you know, unique experiences as an individual, you know, to, to really, you know, do something I love, which is helping people understand more about genomics. Well, you've helped me understand more about genomics today. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. Joy. So if people want to get in touch, learn from you or work with you, how would you direct them? Yep. They can reach us at informdna.com. Um, if they have any questions about what we do or, um, you know, they can reach me through that as well. Okay. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you, Kelly. Thank you. Have a great rest of health. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about us or this guest by going to our website or visiting us on any of the socials with the handle hit like a girl pod. Thanks again. See you soon. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. I am truly grateful for you, and I'm wondering if you could do me a quick favor. Would you be willing to follow or subscribe to this podcast, or maybe leave us a rating or review? Or if you're feeling extra generous, would you share this episode on your Instagram stories or with a friend? All those things help us podcasters out so much. I'm the show's host, Joy Rios, and I'll see you next time.